Praise the Lord, it's chat time. Praise the Lord. Chat time again. Yes, praise the Lord, it's chat time once again. Now, this week we will continue to discuss current events and scriptures. Praise the Lord. So it's time for our segment. Did you ever wonder where this came from? And the phrase is casting pearls before swine. And sometimes it took me a while to figure what that meant. It just, you know, it doesn't seem like it's very easy to understand, but um, actually what it means is that um, you give or you offer something to someone, offer something of value to someone who doesn't understand its value or care that it's valuable or appreciate it. And the bottom line is that some people are just not worth your time or attention or your words or anything. And that phrase can be found in Matthew chapter 7, verse 6. And it reads, Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. So you can work as hard as you can to try to please people, give them something valuable, and they don't care. They'll trample all over it and then come back and want more because they just don't care. Anyway, instead of going uh, to current events this week, I want to just talk about some questions that people sent me. And one is, if... You have a lot of debt. Can you temporarily stop tithing while paying off the debt? 
Uh, you can, but then you have to, if you want to really do the correct thing according to God's word, then you'd have to make up for the tithes and you have to pay a fifth. Plus, in addition to? Right, right. You know, otherwise, you know, people don't, but then the repercussions, that's up to the Lord. Because it's, it's, it's by faith. Some people don't pay them at all. Some people don't believe in it. I don't try to tempt the Lord. You know, they cannot convince me that when you do something as unto the Lord, that God does not recognize it. So, you know, a lot of people feel like tithing, you can go ahead and you can stop tithing because you got so much debt because you just weren't wise in taking care of your finances. You know, and, and they feel like paying a debt is your duty, but tithing is optional because they feel like the command to tithe was part of the Mosaic law that, uh, and we're not under the law anymore. That's how they, they that's how they feel. But, but I don't, but I think they've got it wrong in this sense. It was under the Mosaic law as far as your salvation. So it was like if you didn't pay your tithes, some, that was somehow connected to uh, your salvation. But now, if you don't pay your tithes, I'm not saying the person isn't saved. See, I don't think it's connected to your salvation in the sense that you won't be saved, but your blessings, your your prosperity, and not necessarily just financial. It could be hindered. Um, you know, giving to the Lord's work is very important, you know, because you're supposed, the church is supposed to be um, creating, I was going to say self-sufficient, but it's supposed to be creating a storehouse for being able to help the members of the church and for and continue be, the spreading of the gospel. And it's and supposed to be for the pastor to live off of. Now, technically, uh, a pastor, if they decided they didn't want to work, the tithes and the offering was supposed to be for the pastor, just like it was for the Levites, it was for the priests, for them to live off of because that their whole duty was to instruct the people in the law their whole duty was based around the temple so that's why Paul said if we give you the spiritual we're not robbing you if we ask you for the natural it's just it's, it's, it's just a no brainer but there are people who they don't want to do that but I would be awful afraid you know not to give God 10% because it's as unto the Lord and the Lord honors a person who honors him. Yeah, and you're right, tithing of the, under the old covenant was God's provision for meeting the material needs of the, of the priests from the tribe of Levi. They needed support in order to minister to the temple and meet the needs of the, the poor, according to Numbers chapter 18, verse 26. So when the Israelites failed to give the temple tithe, God warned uh, them, will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? And the Lord said in Malachi 3, 8, in tithes and offerings. Right. That's how you rob yeah. God. Right. Now, 
a lot of people, I think, feel like we have a duty uh, that we can't alter uh, toward other people, as it says in Matthew seven twelve. Like we have to love them. Now that's that's the law. You know, all of us want to pay the debts that everybody, I believe, wants to pay their debt. I, I think everybody would like to pay their debt. But um, in Romans 13, I think it says that you um, love your neighbor as yourself. Um, you know, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, do not commit adultery. But um, what, is, what is it that love... Hmm? Oh, no man, nothing but to love them. Okay. I think that's what it says. All right. So that gives you the impression that... That what? That you don't have any financial responsibility? That you only... <laughs> that's your duty to love people. Well, if, well, that's great, because if it's your duty to love somebody, then love <laughs> will compel you to see the need. I mean, I mean, when you think about it, just basically... I saw a person, I think they put 10 cents in, 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 a, in an offering, and they did that begrudgingly. And, and, <laughs> and this same individual... They were, I mean, was that a joke? No. Like a tithe or... No, they were just... You know, they, there's some people who it just bothers them to... I mean, that's to, ironic that it was 10 cents. Right, to give to the church. And you, you, you look around and they say, ooh, turn the heat up when they come through the door. You know, it's cold in here, you know, or if it's hot, you know, does the air conditioning work? Turn up, turn on the air conditioner. And, uh, but they wouldn't give 25 cents in the offering. So I, I told the person, how do you think the lights get paid? How do you think you. fees get paid? How do you think these things are taken care of? How do you, you know, you're, and I one person I was talking to, and we were talking about a particular church, and the person wanted to know, well, how, how are you going to manage and I'm thinking, you know, how how are they gonna get by? And I'm, and I said, but you don't even pay tithes. So what what What's difference it? does it make to you? <laughs> you know, and, and and truly, I have known people who live off of the gospel. They they truly give their life uh, as unto the Lord, and they live off the gospel. And they had children. They had a wife, and it was no more than right. Paul never said. Uh, pay your tithes, but he lets you know that the Lord loves a cheerful giver. Now, there are places who try to get around this, and what they do is they don't say pay your tithes. They have you pay a certain fee. I'd much rather pay my tithes, you know, because it's as unto the Lord. To me, the fee is as unto an institution. I'd much rather give as unto the Lord. And if you have someone who's truly feeding you in the word, why would that be such a burden? I, 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 don't, I don't understand that. And then, too, it's more, it's, you know, you give us unto the Lord, but it's honoring God. Mm-hmm. It's saying that, I, that he means something to right. you. And that you believe in his promises and that you believe he will bless and that he will pour you out a blessing. And the prosperity that comes isn't just financial you know and when you honor the lord like that i guarantee you 
God will bless you. He'll, he will honor your sacrifice. I remember when I first started to pay tithes, I really, I was always short. Every month, I was short like $400. <laughs> I'd try to save money. And then at the end of the month, I'd end up drawing it out to pay my bills. And someone told me that, um, just step out on faith. And, and, you know, so then I started to pay some money. It wasn't 10%. I started to give my time, what I thought I could afford. And then this person says, well, just step out on faith and trust the Lord to, to supply your needs. And I finally did that. Oh, is that hard? Once you get a mind, you have to get a mindset. You have to really know that you're trusting God to bless you. Mm -hmm. And so I finally did it. And once I finally did it, then, then things started changing for me. You know, and I, I don't think I would ever go back. And it's not always monetary that he blesses you. He, it's like other things. It could be in your health. It could be anything. Right, because as, as a person purposes something in their heart towards the Lord, so it is. So I look and say, this belongs to the Lord. And therefore... I would, I could never think that I could just stop and, and not give God what I consider to be his. All right, here's another question. <clears throat> and it has to do with um, Mark chapter 9. And it's in several places in chapter 9 of uh, Mark. <clears throat> Excuse me. One is... Verses 43 to 44, then 45 to 46, and 47 to 48. And it's talking about the worm that will not die. So I think if someone can read from 43 to 48 in chapter 9 of Mark. The worm that won't die. Right. The question is, what is the worm that will not die <clears throat> in Mark? And were the fires never quenched? Right. <clears throat> but um, what I've got is like a different version in this article here, or in this question. Mm-hmm. It was what chapter? Nine. Okay. Starting at 43 to 48. Okay. And so, okay, it says, a little like what we were talking about last week. Mark chapter 9, verse 43, starting to 43rd verse. And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Where shall, where, where the worm dieth not. And the fire is not quenched. And if thy foot offended thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched, where, the, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye, than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire, where their worm dieth not, 
and the fire is not quenched. So, somebody wants to know, what is the worm that will not die? Their, their, their worm, not the worm, their worm. And so, it, it's that person's torment. It's that person's personal torment. So, is that hell? No, that, no that, that, the person can be cast into hell, but it's their personal torment while they're in hell. When their worm dies not. So it is personal to that uh, individual where that torment is yours to bear and, and yours alone. Everybody has their own worm. So it's not a literal worm. I don't think so. I think that, you know, it's not like there's worms in hell. No, but there are worms within our body, so it gives you an idea of, because everything that's natural reflects on that which is spiritual. So it's something that's going to be like eating at you. Right. But you can't, you can't get no relief from it. Can't get right. It's constant, constant, endless torment. And there are, there are, or that there are worms that live forever. It's um, <clears throat> your torment. unending suffering. Right. So, for example, that could be like if I only had a second chance. That can be like that worm, that second chance. If I only could have that second chance, if I only did this. It, it, it can be, I don't or, know. But I know it's a torment. It's mm. a suffering that doesn't end. And like I told this one person, they said, if you could just feel this, this demonic force, I said, I don't want to feel it. I don't want. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't even want to know. I don't want to know what the worm feels like. I just know that it's an endless suffering. So it, it could be like your conscience. It could be like things that you regret. A continual like you saying, remorse. A continual. It could be. It could be, it could be worse than that. Mm-hmm. It could be like you're completely cut off from God, yeah. and you exist, That's and everything, and something's. Um, Nagging at you, or uh, I, that to me seems light. <laughs> you know, it's just a, it's a torment. And when you're cut off from the Lord, you're cut off from all hope, all sense of life, all sense of light. And the reason why it's so hard to picture is because God's mercy, His grace surrounds us. His tender mercy is in everything that He does. His mercy is all around us. So it's almost impossible to imagine a situation where you are without the presence of God. But without the presence of God, that is torment. So it's like, so it's like when you see worms clinging to a dead body, this is like... They consume um, it. This is like the torment that's... Leaving or clinging to your soul. No, and not just clinging, and, it's all consuming. You see, even, even if you die now, the worms that are within us biologically consumes us, eats away at us. It, it destroys us. It destroys the body. You rot away and the worms feed on you. So anyway, it's... So I guess when you say... Your worm, it's personal. It's it's like something personal to you. Mm-hmm. Not to it's different for everybody. I imagine because he says their worm. So And it could be that you regret um I don't know. I don't know. I think it goes beyond regret. I think it's it's so consuming until But I was just thinking we, regretting the fact that you never got saved, that you never I don't even know. I don't even know if a person regrets that. 
See, I think the state that a person dies in, that's the state they stay in. If, they, if there's any type of regret, it's only the regret that they don't want to suffer. It's not like they regret not knowing the Lord or not surrendering to him because if they would do that, they would be repenting, but they don't have a repentant spirit. So, so, they just, so it's like you just being sorry you just got, sorry you got caught. Right. Not sorry just that being you're suffering. Not yeah. sorry that you yeah. didn't get to know the Lord. There's no repenting in them. Even when they're standing before God himself, they're standing before the creator, the one that has made them, the one that can separate the spirit from the soul, the marrow from the bone, and they say, when, Lord? They don't have a so, repenting spirit. You know, people have this uh, idea of hell that you're going to burn in hell. And they have an idea that <clears throat> there's fire. There's a, there's, a, there's a fire. Like, you know, like you would see a house on fire or a garage on fire. But I don't, it's not it's a physical, as, it's not a physical. It's a spiritual fire, but it's just as, it's as devastating as seeing a house on fire. See, and because, because we see God's grace, it's hard for us to picture it. It's hard for us to even imagine. But we know that it's torment, that it's all-consuming, all-engulfing, that there's no relief, there's no grace, there's no light, there's no hope. That's, I said, Lord, I, I don't want to be cut off from the Lord. Like David said, you could, Lord, you can do this, but just don't take your Holy Spirit from me. He saw how Saul was. He said, Lord, whatever, whatever it is that I have to go through, just don't take your Holy Spirit from me. So, um, I don't know how to ask, how else to describe it. Jesus was saying that even in the scripture that we just read, I think it's in Matthew 2, Matthew as well, that it's better for a person, if, you, if your right hand causes you to sin, it's better to cut off your right hand and live eternally than it is to go to hell with two hands. Right, he's saying that which is most precious to you. It's better that you sever those connections. And you know, because really, realistically, you know, you're looking at your right hand, how's it gonna make you sin? Yeah, it's like then your right hand would have to have its own independent source of thinking. You control your your right hand. Or your eye, or your... Anything like that. So when people go around plucking out their eyes and cutting off the hand, they have a they don't know the scriptures. They, don't, they have the wrong understanding. He's talking about something that is fundamentally precious to you, something that, that basically you rely on. He said, but if whatever it is that you're relying on, if it is causing you to sin, you have to break that connection. So when you were talking about we're surrounded by grace right now, mm-hmm. um, even those that are unsaved, mm-hmm. they can't even fathom what mm-hmm. it would be like because right. we're right now surrounded, surrounded by, by God's and God's mercies. waiting for even the unsaved to change their heart and their right. mind and come turn to him. That's the mercy that when you were saying his mercies and all his works, that's his tender mercy. So you don't feel it because... It's available here, right right now. Right, so you say foolish and stupid things like, oh, I'm going to party in hell. No, you're not. <laughs> well, maybe you think you are, but partying uh, indicates that there's some type of pleasure or joy. You can cut off from that. Cut off from joy. There is no joy. There's no hope. Or Elon Musk, when he was saying, 
Well, he's not afraid of hell because everybody going to be down there. Not everybody. I hope <laughs> not right. to be there. <laughs> right. If, I don't see him now, and I hope I'll never. If, I if, won't if see that's him what you're supposed is. to be afraid of. You're supposed to fear the Lord. See, that type of mentality, if he dies in that state, he's not going to regret saying that because that's what he meant. Well, we'll have to continue next week with more questions. Praise the Lord and let everything that have breath praise the Lord. This week's verse of the day comes from Proverbs chapter 4 and chapter 4 and 4. No, chapter 4 and 5. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Ain't God all right? God is all right. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, what made King Belshazzar finally call Daniel to interpret the writing on the wall of the king's palace? And you'll never guess. The answer is his wife, the queen. And that answer can be found in Daniel chapter 5, verses 10 through 12. And it reads, Now the queen by reason of the words of the king and his lords, came into the banquet house, and the queen spake and said, O king, live forever. Let not thy thoughts trouble thee, nor let thy countenance be changed. There is a man in thy kingdom, in whom the spirit of the holy gods, and in the days of thy father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, was found in him whom the king Nebuchadnezzar, thy father, the king, I say, thy father made master of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers. For as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding, interpreting of dreams and showing of hard sentences and dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel, whom the king named Belshazzar. Now let Daniel be called, and he will show the interpretation. This week's food for thought is, how soon after Daniel interpreted the writing on the wall of the palace of King Belshazzar, was that prophecy fulfilled? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought. <laughs>